Welcome, everybody. I am Rachel Levy-Lesser. And I'm Stephanie Goldstein. And this is Life's Accessories, a podcast about accessories, clothing, fashion, and the stories behind them. We are two friends who love to accessorize and who remember what we wore on pretty much every meaningful occasion. And that is what we love to talk about. It certainly is. And you follow us on Instagram at Life's Accessories Podcast and also on Facebook. And you can also email us, we hope you will, at Life's Accessories Podcast at gmail.com with comments, questions, or accessory suggestions. And if you like what you're listening to, we would love it for you to share this podcast with a friend and rate and review us wherever you get your podcast. Also, do not forget to subscribe so that you never miss an episode. Today, we are very excited to be talking to Dara Kurtz. Dara is a bit of a rock star. She is the author of I Am My Mother's Daughter, Wisdom on Life, Loss, and Love, and Crush Cancer. Her popular blog, very, very popular, by the way, is called Crazy Perfect Life, and it reaches more than 200,000 followers. Dara regularly shares her message in her Level Up Your Life presentation, talking to audiences all over the world to help people create more happiness and joy in their lives. We have to ask her about that. I love that so much. I can't wait because she also recently created a daily gratitude journal to help people find the blessings in their lives, which is so important, and is working on a Level Up Your Life and Thrive book expected to be released in 2024. She lives in North Carolina with her husband and dog and loves spending time with her two daughters when they come home to visit. Can't wait to welcome our new friend, Dara. I sound like my aunt (laughs) when I say this, but she sounds like a doll, doesn't she? She does. She does. Yeah. As we prepare for these conversations and we learn more about our guests, there's a lot of warmth that comes through loud and clear. So I'm really excited to meet her. We're so happy to have you here on Life's Accessories. Hi, I'm thrilled to get to spend some time with you. We are really happy that you're here. And now it is the magical time when I'm going to ask (laughs) you what accessory you've chosen to share with us today. Yes, the big reveal, right? The big Um, reveal. And it is magical. It really is. (laughs) So I am sporting a super cute jean jacket, but... I really believe that if I had to think of one accessory that I, it's like my go-to and has been, and is timeless for me, it would be the jean jacket. And I'm a super sentimental person. I mean, every piece of jewelry I have is sentimental reasons. Really everything around me is sentimental, but at the end of the day, the jean jacket, it can just elevate an outfit. It puts it together. It helps you stay a little bit warm. It it checks all the boxes. Love it. So tell us specifically, how long ago did you get it? Is this one you've had for a long time? I've never not had a jean jacket. It all started when I was in high school and I used to wear my dad's jean jacket. I was thinking about this before the show started. And when I was in high school, I would love to like go in my mom's closet, see what I could find, go in my dad's closet. And he had this great jean jacket and I started wearing it. And that was back in the day when we would go to Spencer's and get little buttons for all of our music bands that we liked. Is that flair? Is that what they call flair? I think so. It's yeah. called that's what they call it. That's what or is they that in the restaurant? The waitresses on the, on the wait- Fridays. And so I've literally been wearing a jean jacket for 
this goes back a very long time. Yeah. Back to That's awesome. Well, it's, it. it's funny when we were doing the research for this episode, Stephanie and I got talking about our own jean jackets because we can do deep dives on clothing and accessories. <laughs> yeah. And much like you, I always have a jean jacket on hand. I actually have a dark denim juicy brand jean jacket, but I bought it in 1998. And this is slightly embarrassing. I bought the jean jacket at Saks, which is like kind of fancy for a jean jacket, but it was right across the street from my office when I worked in magazine publishing. So that jean jacket is 25 years old. It's kind of my dressy jean jacket. So it's for like special occasions. Lately, Ooh. I've been wearing an anthropology faded jean jacket almost every day now that it's spring. And to add to the collection, there's a third jean jacket I have, which has puffy sleeves, which oh. is a little controversial because one time I wore it over a puffy sleeve shirt and I was double puffy sleeving. And I bought that in a hotel gift shop. So jean jackets are definitely a part of my life. And Stephanie, you had some jeans. Well, I feel too. like, but I feel like with the jean jacket, it ha- it keeps having a moment, right? Like it's always there in the background, but then it pops up and it's louder in these certain moments. And I don't know what the moments are, but I laugh because I feel like I always go through these sort of events of needing on an emergency basis, a jean jacket, like I'll have it. And I'll wear it and then I'm done. I recycle it. And then I'm like, wait, jean jacket's back. But I think what I'm learning from the two of you is I should just hold on to it. I was thinking about how many jean jackets I've actually given away over the years and how I wish that I had them all because one maybe was darker denim, one maybe was lighter denim. But at the end of the day, they don't go out of style. They just sort of maybe have their moment and then, you know, maybe a darker denim is in or maybe a lighter wash. At the end of the day, whoever's listening to this, hang on to your jean jackets. Don't don't get rid of your jean jackets. Now I feel like I need to go and do some like history of the jean jacket research. Yeah, you can't come to be right. No, you can't. I love wearing it with dresses right now because I think it always looks good with anything. And I just think it looks really cute with the little summer dresses that we're all starting to wear. Love it. So switching gears for a bit, you spent a large part of your career, more than two decades, I believe, working for a big bank as a financial advisor. And then a life event turned everything upside down for you and eventually led you to a new path and purpose, including the birth of Crazy Perfect Life. So can you tell us about that journey? Yeah, thank you for asking. So I was a financial advisor and had worked at a large bank for 20 years. And then one day I heard the words, you have cancer. And for me, it was breast cancer. I was 42 And really one minute I was fine. And then the next minute I was hearing words like chemo, radiation. And while I did find it relatively early and I had a lot of things going for me and I was very blessed, you know, I didn't feel very blessed. I felt like the mom in the carpool line who had cancer and um, it was really hard. My kids were 11 and 14 and I lost my mom to cancer. And so it just kind of brought back so much, but I didn't really realize it at the time that I was kind of reliving a lot of things that I had seen when my mom was sick. And it wasn't actually until I wrote, I am my mother's daughter that I actually even put those pieces together. But 
after I went through breast cancer and the treatment and all that, I decided, you know what, I've always wanted to be a writer and I don't want to think about money anymore. And so I said, you know what, I am quitting my job. And it was a really hard decision to walk away from something that I had spent 20 years building. And it was great. It checked all the boxes, right? Great office, check, title, check, big paycheck, check. But I wasn't happy and I knew it. And so if I hadn't have gone through cancer, I really don't think I would have had the courage to walk away from that. And so for that, I will always be grateful. And I started Crazy Perfect Life. It's a blog. I had no idea what I was doing. I didn't have my assistant. It was just yeah, just you. Yeah. Just me and a laptop. Yeah. I just started writing and I wanted to always write from the heart and be really open and honest. And so People started following me and what I was writing really resonated with people. And today I'm really proud of it. It has over 200,000 followers and it's a beautiful community. I've been able to write several books and I'm working on a fiction book and it's not the life that I ever thought that I would have, but it's so much better than anything I could have ever imagined. And I do a lot of corporate speaking now and speaking at women's groups and we just, we never know what hand we're going to get dealt. It's so interesting that your story as you tell it, first of all, I'm holding your book here. I am my mother's daughter because I read it a few months ago when you sent it to me and I was nodding my head the whole time as I was reading it. And I think what you said resonated with me and if I can speak for Stephanie, because we share a brain is that we both (laughs) lost our mothers to cancer too. And Losing my mother 19 years ago, it wasn't a career shift as much as it was a little bit of a change. I was working in PR marketing. I started writing on the side and eventually I did become a writer and then 5 million other things. I'm still trying to figure out what I want to become. And Stephanie also switched gears by launching her baking company, which I think if I can speak for you is sort of something that baking was a connection that you had with your mom and yeah I mean it definitely became my grief project for sure and what I want what I want to say too is you know you you had that big switch in your life Dara and then I think about so my mom she died nearly three years ago and cancer um but what was interesting and sort of jaw-dropping and flabbergasting to me the whole time was that she described it as a blessing because for her, she said, look at all these incredible people I've met. She just felt so much love. She had, and we still have these baskets of letters and cards that friends of hers, of our family, of my brother, of me sent to her to say, we're thinking of you. Um, So to feel that love, she was too old to say, I'm going to have a career switch, but these life changing events, it's incredible what you've done and what people do tend to do with life-changing events. It's interesting because when my mom passed away, I was 28 and I had just had my daughter, my first daughter, and she passed away really a few weeks after I had Zoe. And so I, at that time found myself, you know, just trying to kind of get through the day, (laughs) deal with how to be a mom and how to deal with the loss of my mom at the same time. And it was really the polarity of our planet all at the same moment. And so I really sort of hit pause on the grief process because I was just trying to get used to having a baby, taking care of her, and then eventually going back to work. And so I really distracted myself and 
kind of threw myself back into work. And at the end of that year, I had hit like number 10 in my company for production and I had a new baby and all these people were saying like, oh my gosh, Dara, you're handling your mother's death so well, but you know what? I wasn't right. I wasn't handling it at all. And so what I've learned from everything I've been through is that we can't run from grief. We can't run from the scary feelings. We can't run from the challenges of life. We have to face them and deal with them. And if not, they're not going to go away. I swept the grief, the pain, the sorrow underneath as much as I could. And it would absolutely always come out at time mm. and I would get triggered, but it really wasn't until later on when I really sat down to write, I am my mother's daughter, that I even understood that I hadn't fully let the pain come out. And that what I saw when I was going through breast cancer and and, and how much harder I made it was really because of what I had been through with my mom, but wasn't really ready to kind of piece those together. We all have challenges and we do the best we can and we learn. And then hopefully we share our experience with other people to make their journey a little bit easier. That's so interesting. Your timing on this, because in Dara, I think you know a little bit about this, but I lost my mom to cancer when I was 30 and I had a new baby boy and she died a few months after that. So it's an interesting time because you check all the boxes to be a grown up. And we were both married, careers, new baby, but yet you still feel like, to quote your book here, I am my mother's daughter. <laughs> and yeah. I had a similar experience to you where I kind of was go, 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 was doing everything, was doing well. But Like you said, you cannot hide from grief and it will come back. You have to deal with it. But I think it's interesting that we're talking about this now when we're recording for our listeners, Mother's Day will be over, but we're a few days out from Mother's Day. And for so many years, Mother's Day was this weird day, first of all, Hallmark holiday, whatever, but (laughs) you know, that's another podcast. Actually a great idea, Rachel. I (laughs) I always felt like I became a mom just as I lost my mom, similar to you. And it took me many years, for example, and I'll use Mother's Day an example right now because we all have it on the brain, that it's okay, it's time to celebrate yourself as a mom. And that that's kind of moving on, grieving, growing up. I think feel like that's something you could probably relate to, right? A hundred percent. I remember very first Mother's Day, and it was a beautiful day. And I remember, okay, waking up and thinking like, I just have to get through this day. I really just want this day to be over with. Yes. Because there was, it felt like there was so much pressure. And so I remember thinking, okay, what can I do today? How can I distract myself? And my mom loved flowers and gardening. And so I remember going to the plant place. And my, I said to my husband, I'm going to go buy some flowers. I'm going to plant them. That's going to help me. That's going to help me get through this day. That's what I want to do before we go out and celebrate with your family later on with my mother-in-law. And I went and I bought, I was at the store buying flowers. And I remember seeing someone and she came up to me and she said, this is a really hard day for you, isn't it? And I just got like tears in my eyes because like, I didn't want to acknowledge that it was a hard day. I right. was trying so hard to pretend like it you was were trying to, day, right? Yeah. Right? But, yeah. but I mean, we can't run from it. And I remember just trying to put the flowers in the ground and plant them. And Mother's Day now to me is, and obviously it's been for me 23 years, I can 
have a great mother's day and feel so blessed to be a mom and miss my mom. And also feel grateful to have my daughters. The pain lessens a little bit. And you probably know what I'm talking about, but I always think about my mom. There's not a day that goes by that she's not whispering in my ear or that I'm not talking to her. I mean, at the end of the day, I am her daughter and I miss her every single day. And there's nothing that I can do to change the situation except accept it and try to make the most of every single day of my life. Stephanie has tears in her eyes. Do you not, Stephanie? Yeah. I do. I do. It's a lot. I mean, because I'm thinking about both of you with young children, your first babies, and just how painful that had to have been. I'm thinking in my own life that I'm turning 50 soon. And the idea of turning 50, for whatever reason, without her here, it gets me every time. Every time I think of it. That's we are going to have a podcast on that. So do not worry. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, guess, yeah I guess I would just like to ask you yeah. about this on your own time, but what is it about turning 50 and not having your mom? There's something there and that's for you to decide and to go deeper, but um, why? And I invite you to journal through that, you know, Dara just became the interviewer here. Possibilities are endless. Yeah. I'll spare, I'll spare our listeners, but I will just say that I think it's that moment of, okay, it's a big milestone moment. I want her here to see the boys, to see my hut, like to, to just experience everything and where we are in this moment in life. The hardest thing I think for me and for anyone who's lost a parent is just when you have a parent pass away and they're young and they have Mm -hmm. unfinished business, they have lived fully. It's really hard to reconcile that. And I think that's what you're saying. And for me, all the joyful moments, I know my mom would like nothing more than to know my daughters and see us and just blah, 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 the normal daily life, right? Yes. Life happens in normal daily life. Yes, it's the big milestones, but at the end of the day, it's just the simple pleasures that happen on a day-to-day basis that I know my mom is really missing. It's been really hard to reconcile that. (laughs) I remember a few days before my mom passed away, she looked at me and she was like, is this it? (laughs) You know, like she knew she was like on her way. And I said, I don't know. Is it? She said, I hope not. And she said, but if it is, this stinks. Oh, yeah. That's the unfinished business. And the thing is, right, like I, I think all the time that how fortunate that I had her for as many years as I did, because I have friends who did not, and I'm talking to who did not. So that's not lost on me how fortunate I was. But at the end of the day, we all experience loss and loss is loss. Grief is grief. Pain is pain. You said something right then that I think is really important to highlight. And this has been a game changer for me. And that's finding gratitude, living with gratitude, counting your blessings, instead of focusing on what you lost and what you don't like, focus on what you have and what you are blessed to experience. And for me, that's a hundred percent been a game changer in how to navigate 
all the challenges that I faced. And for anyone listening, I mean, having a daily gratitude practice is, is kind of the secret to making the most of every day, you know, Mm -hmm. finding what you have and what you like about your life. It really changes the energy. It shifts everything. And there's been so much research on this. And, you know, I'll just say that um, I recently created a gratitude journal because I believe and know that setting your intention every day and thinking about what you are happy about is the way to propel yourself forward to make the most of the day that you are blessed to have. It definitely does. And I, I can appreciate everything you said. I do have a gratitude journal. I try to write in it every night. Sometimes I'm too tired. I can't, but (laughs) I used used to say something um, to myself and then to my kids, I say, don't count your sheep, count your blessings. So before I go to bed, I'll just think happy thoughts. Yeah. I love that. I didn't make it up, but I don't know where I heard it from, I'm but giving you credit. Okay. Yeah, you can quote I've me on that. that <laughs> RLL. There you go. Yeah. Can you talk to us a little bit about the concept of level up your life and what does that mean to you and how do you teach it? Yeah. Thank you for asking that. So sometime during the pandemic, when I am my mother's daughter came out, I was doing a ton of speaking and then it just sort of turned into me sort of starting to talk about helping people level up their lives. And I honestly have no idea. Like I can't say this is when this happened. It just sort of evolved, but leveling up your life is for me, taking the time to think about six key areas of your life. And I break it down and we look at your relationships, your purpose, your passion, your community connection, your health and well-being, your mindset and, um, your finances sometimes, depending upon the organization that I'm talking to. I break it down into each category and we look at what's working, what isn't working. I share a lot of stories, give a lot of tips and tools that people can use within each area. And then I invite people to think about what is one change that they would like to make in their lives within each area. And before I start that, everyone receives a card or if it's online, they get an email that has some questions that we answer as we start the presentation about where they are in terms of their overall happiness, what they really like about their life, what they don't like about their life. And then as I travel through these five or six categories, at the end, someone is left with a card of one change that they'd like to make within each of those different areas. And a lot of times what they identified as not liking about their life shows up on the way they want to make changes in those different categories. It's been amazing. I've been so blessed to present this to really large communities of, you know, 700 employees on Zoom or 500 people in person. And I never really, like I said, it wasn't like an intentional thing that I set out to do, which is kind of interesting because I do try to live really intentionally. But I think so many people want to know how they can get more happiness and joy in their life and how can they find more balance. And with technology, I think people are stressed out now more than ever because they feel like they can't ever get away from work and there is no balance and their relationships maybe aren't in the place that they want them to be in. And they want to have meaning and connection with people that they love, but they don't know how, and they want to know how to meditate, but how do they bring that into their daily life? It's just all the things. And so it's a one hour presentation, but at the end of the day, leveling up means 
finding more happiness and joy in your everyday life. I love that. That's I love amazing. that. I, That's watch that I mean, you mentioned when you were in your finance career that you weren't that happy. I know you didn't think you would do exactly this. What did you think you might want to do otherwise? I knew I wanted to be a writer. Yeah. I okay. Knew that I wanted to write and I had started writing and dabbling here and there, but mm-hmm. I just didn't really have the time to focus on writing. And right. so I was the child in high school in algebra writing short stories during algebra class. And so right. I, it was something that I always wanted to do, but yeah. I was highly encouraged to be able to support myself and find a career right. that I would be able to pay the bills. And I was good at being a financial advisor and I did love my clients. I loved the relationships that I had with people, but it didn't feed my soul the way writing does or the way speaking does. And when I look out in the audience and I see a college student or someone who's working, who's stressed out, just kind of nodding and getting Mm -hmm. it like that just makes me feel like all this other stuff was just so worth it to be where I am. Yeah. That's amazing. amazing. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, I feel like we might share a brain too, because I was that kid always writing short stories too. And I'm curious, I'm looking at you with your jean jacket here to bring it back to the accessory. I have one scarf actually from anthropology and no, the show is not sponsored by anthropology, but it's <laughs> that I credit with launching my writing career because I started off writing in that scarf. And now I wear a scarf almost all the time. And I'm curious, do you wear that jean jacket like to write or to present? Do you have certain rituals with what you wear, with what you do? I'm curious about that. Yeah. I love this question. I've never been asked this question before. Well, um, you've never been on yeah, yeah. <laughs> I So I, do I have certain rituals when I write? I practice something called Kundalini Yoga, which is all about moving energy and meditation. And I do my best writing after I sit and meditate or exercise or go for a long walk. And so I'm typically in exercise clothes when I sit down to write because that's what I've worn to get me in the headspace to feel like writing, if you will. But the jean jacket, I absolutely would wear this if I had a speaking gig. I'd probably have a cute dress on underneath it. I think a jean jacket, you can dress it up, you can dress it down. It's so versatile. And at the end of the day, that's what we need, right? Things in our wardrobe, things in our life that are fluid, that can work with us and make our lives a little bit easier. Absolutely. So how can our listeners find you? Thank you for asking. My website is crazyperfectlife.com. I'm on Instagram at crazyperflife and on Facebook at crazyperfectlife. And please feel free to email me, dara at crazyperfectlife.com if you have any questions or want to connect or if you're looking for a speaker. That's something I always love, love to do. I love hearing from people. That's awesome. I love following you on Instagram. It's you. I feel like the algorithm of Instagram knows when I need some inspirational quote from Dara and it'll just pop up there. You are, you are a gem of a human being. I've known you for what, a half hour or so. What wonderful gifts. I just feel very, very calm really? now after speaking to you. Yeah. <laughs> I, was to say, I feel really blessed to have 
met both of you and we have an immediate connection and, you know, energy doesn't lie. And we can feel that within the first two minutes of our talking. And um, I know we're going to be friends for a really long time. And I feel really grateful to know you both. Ah, that's very kind. Thank you so much for joining us. We so appreciate it. And thank you to our listeners for tuning in. Everybody get out their jean jackets, okay? Yes, put them on. Yes.